Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hello, hello, Mods and Mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Time and Talks podcast. I'm Thajal V. Patel. I'm so excited for you to be here. I'm talking about something that I know you guys love. So manifestation has been a big topic for season two. And I know that it's been something that I've found so fascinating. And so to have some guests who are experts in this, who give their own advice and their own wisdom and their own experiences on how they manifest and what are the tools that we need to know and what are the beliefs and the patterns that we need to uproot and get through is so crucial, right? This creates your own manifestation guideline of how you can implement it into your life, where you're feeling blocks and what you need to work on if you're finding that you're stuck in between blessings. So since manifestation is so, so fascinating, I love bringing on guests and today's guest is someone that I've learned so much from personally through the years, mainly because I found her when I was in um, B school in 2015, which is Marie Forleo's B school. And she was part of it as well. And I started following her and I learned so much of what I have learned currently and I practice currently from reality transurfing to manifestation. It's been a part of my life and I wanted to invite her on because Lana Schaefer is a new author of the book Manifest That Miracle. It's a remarkable book. I've read it and it's something that I think that you'll find invaluable. So I wanted to invite her on the guest so we could talk about her new book and give you guys tools that can help you on your path. So just a little bit about Lana. She's a mindset coach, a podcast host of Manifest That Miracle podcast, and the author of the best-selling book, Manifest That Miracle. Learn why you don't have what you want and how to get it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands to manifest what seems out of their reach, including crossing seven figures in their business, healing from chronic illness, and meeting their ideal partner. Lana's energetic personality and no-holds-barred coaching has been featured in Forbes, TV1, and NPR. Lana studied at UC Berkeley and the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. She lives her dreams in Puerto Rico with her amazing husband, her three magical kids, and can usually be found dancing wildly around her house and hosting champagne-popping celebrations for even the smallest moments in life. In this episode, Lana and I discuss what a miracle mindset truly means. We dive deep into understanding how our generational patterns and beliefs that are encoded in us are really what blocks us from manifesting what we desire and how to unblock that. She talks about why humans are actually really bad at knowing what makes them happy. And we also talk about some of the common blocks to that miracle mindset and how we can transcend them. So dive in, grab a cha, grab a coffee, really get deep with us. This is such a good topic and I know you'll love it. So without further ado, let's dive in. 
Lana, I'm so, so excited to have you here on the Time and Talks podcast. I've been waiting for this conversation. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm seeing you dancing it up on IG. I'm like, we have got to talk. Oh my goodness. I I wish we were talking before we started recording and I was telling Lana and I share a lot about manifestation on the podcast as many of you who are avid listeners know. And Lana is someone that I found years ago and I've learned so much from you regarding manifestation. I think you were the one who introduced me to reality transurfing. That like blew my mind. Um, so I'm so, so excited for you. You just launched your book, Manifest That Miracle, and we're going to dive so deep into it. I'm almost finished with it. It's so good. I highly recommend it, guys. So that's what we're going to dish about today is your new book, and we're going to dive deep. And I think you guys are going to really love this deep and soulful conversation. Lana has the best energy, so you're going to love her. I I am definitely full on, so get ready. (laughs) Yeah, when you're talking about dancing and you're talking about me, you're just like that. I remember you doing your your headstands and your handstands and your crazy yoga poses. (laughs) You know, I feel like there is, uh, because I grew up in Russia, and it's a very different culture, and until 12 I was there. On one hand, Russians are very intense and very outspoken and bold. Um, but with, you know, and sometimes it could be in a negative sense, too intense, especially for American culture, it's maybe too in your face, but with the expressiveness, I feel like I, I've retained that Russian expressiveness that I just feel like if you're going to get to know me, I'm going to give you all of me. (laughs) Yeah. We love it. We love it. So we want to talk about manifestation, but when we were talking before we started recording, there is a unique aspect of how you bring about manifestation. That's the beauty of it. There could be so many people talking about manifestation, but everyone has their unique experiences that they bring to the process. And you certainly have that. And so when I first started reading your book, early on in the book, you start about very unconventionally, but really necessary. You start talking about not only your past, but the generations like your grandparents and your parents and the struggles and the challenges that they had experienced. And I recently um, finished the book, The Nightingale, and it talked about, it's a period piece in World War II talking about how the French who are not necessarily Jewish or German experienced the war. And when you were talking about your grandparents who lived through World War II and the experiences and the trauma and the patterns that they were going through, it just really hit me because we all come from a lineage of where there's trauma, where there's patterning. And we're not just talking about our parents. We're talking about our grandparents and our great grandparents. So I really wanted to start there because you talk a lot about being able to be aware of these patterns and these funnels of how this energy and these beliefs have channeled into us really formulates the basis of our ability to manifest. So I'd love for you to start there and share what, why is that so important and how we can learn more about that and really just start from that basis? Yeah. So the subtitle of my book is learn why you don't have what you want and how to get it. The learn why you don't have what you want is really key if you're going to do something deliberately. 
right? In order to be able to practice something or have a mastery in something, you have to understand it. And I find a lot of traditional or typical uh, mindset and manifesting teachings to be a little bit surface-based and focused on create something new in the future. But they do not focus on how to be able to maximize where you come from and who you've been and what you've experienced. And I find so much manifesting fuel in that, incomparably more manifesting fuel in that versus just write a new story, start a new, you know, habit, do this new thing. We have this fascination with the new. But what about the fact that everything that you've lived, everything old, if you want to call it that, can be revived and updated? It's like, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Don't throw out the inheritance you have to chase the new riches. And so for me, I knew that I was never going to be different than who I am. I mean, I'm an immigrant. I come from generations of survivors. It's built in me. And it was something that I had to deal with in childhood. I didn't have a choice. And it wasn't until, you know, I sort of fulfilled the American dream and I, you know, went to college, got an economics degree, worked in investment banking. And I thought I had finally achieved this dream that I had for so many years that my parents had for me. And I was so miserable. I was so dissatisfied with having arrived to this version of success that I've been chasing for my entire life, that it led me down a very deep, dark hole of re-examining why am I even here on this planet in the first place? And I feel like I'm the first generation where surviving was important, but I had gone beyond survival. I mean, ultimately my parents you know, got settled here and they built up to a middle class. I mean, we started off with nothing and on welfare, but they've built it up to a middle class kind of household. I didn't have to, you know, run away from the war. I didn't have to worry about whether I will eat that day. I didn't have to worry about the things that my grandparents and my parents worried about. And it placed me in an existential crisis. And nobody in my family has ever been through this. Finally, I could potentially ask myself questions like, what would actually make me happy? What is fulfilling? What is meaningful? What do I want to do? My parents didn't have the option of asking, what do I want to do? Right. right? So I both really hold deeply and in reverence this incredible gift that I have directly from standing on the shoulders of my ancestors. Had my grandfather not become an orphan in World War II, had he not made it through, had my grandmother not survived, had my mom, who also comes from generation of survivors, not you know move across uh, Russia to go to university at 16 and do all the things that she did, I would not have the luxury of being in my existential crisis. So the perspective that I got was that, yes, it is an honor to be here. And I have no clue how to navigate this. Like, I know how to survive. I know how to sort of create security, at least on the outside world. But I don't know what's beyond that. And so my parents didn't understand when I was having my crisis and was, you know, borderline suicidal and so depressed and didn't, they didn't know what to do with me. They're, they were just still trying to get me to just make it. And I'm like, yeah. but I've made it and I hate it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now what? 
And so I felt like the healing journey that I took and in it had so many elements and there was a lot of yoga and meditation, which is was sort of my portal into, okay, maybe there's more than I have been taught and that I know. I grew up completely atheist. There was no religion, no new age, no like, go for it. You can do anything you want to do. So all of this was new to me. And as I started exploring it and I moved into mindset, law of attraction, human potential, and ended up you know, going to grad school in transpersonal psychology, the more I learned, the more I realized that I am far more powerful than I realized mm -hmm. and that this power was not something that I knew how to utilize and that it is a practice and it is a skill that you develop and that everybody can develop it. It has nothing to do with new age, woo woo. It has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with faith. It, you don't need to trust it. Yeah. Like you don't need to trust gravity. You just need to practice it and learn how to use it to your advantage. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think so many people can relate to exactly what you're saying. Because a lot of the a lot of women who are listening to this are South Asian. So we understand that our parents did not have this luxury to even, like you say, to even question like what makes me happy or what makes me, uh, you know, what self care, these are not questions and things. And I think we have to have that perspective and awareness because it's our responsibility to have empathy and understanding of where they are. And we literally are our ancestors' greatest blessings and dreams because we have this opportunity for the first time ever to really embody and to, especially women, to embody and to, to step into the power. But that requires a lot of healing as work as well as we do that. I think that's really important. It does. And I feel like until you are aware of these patterns, you don't have the ability to heal them. Mm -hmm. That awareness within itself is the door opener. Yeah. And without opening that door, you just don't see it. You can't walk through it. And so it's like you're carrying all this baggage and all of these patterns and all of these things that may not even be yours in your lifetime. And if you don't know you're carrying it, how would you set it down? How would you choose something different? And so when you go through the process of healing and understanding that you stand on these experiences, but you can transform how you feel about them. So for so long, I thought, well, nobody in my family understands me. They don't get me. They're judging me. They're da 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 da, right? That I'm this black sheep. And, uh, you know, I, I felt disconnected. And when I did the healing work that we're going to be talking about, I realized that they love me so much that they want to protect me. And I could both hold them in love and compassion, understanding, and hold myself in love and compassion, understanding. So now I use that survival instinct and that incredible drive, which I still have. I mean, I, what you said is true. I feel like I am, I have a mandate. I have a mission. I feel like I am the answer to my ancestors prayers. I'll be damned if I squander it. I have that drive, but now I channel it into creating the most fulfilling personal experience I can imagine knowing that this is creating a new paradigm for my kids. Mm -hmm. So it's how you use it, not what you're working with that matters a lot of times. Like it doesn't matter what cards you've been dealt. It's how you play them. Yes. That creates the experience. And I feel like you can create a win-win system for yourself where every single challenge that you've lived or your ancestry has experienced can be now used to your advantage. Mm -hmm. And that's when you feel invincible, no matter mm -hmm. what's happened, no matter what great experiences or terrible experiences your parents, your grandparents, or you have experienced, all of it 
is fuel for creating what you want. And I talk in my book about this idea that all emotions are good and healthy and necessary, that it is an emotional keyboard. And so often people, like I talked about Russian culture, they tend to stay in the low notes. They glorify the struggle. It's like who struggled and suffered the most? It, it becomes this like staying in the do 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 the deep notes, right? And if you go to the high notes, it's looked at as uh, unaware or ignorant or just like you're, you know, you're out there in the woo-woo world. Yes. And then you have a, a lot of people that you may know that got into mindset manifesting and they're always so positive and they're always on the high notes and <laughs> don't think about that, right? And it can be a little annoying sometimes to go ding, 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 ding on the high notes. And what I realized is that the, the, the people that create a meaningful masterpiece of a life that makes an impact in the lives of those around them, their families, their children, their partners, but also in the world, they create masterpieces where they use all the notes. Mm -hmm. They know how to play every note yes. and they create an amazing piece with their life. And so my goal is to teach people to use their emotions as guidance and as fuel for creating what they want. And this is directly opposite to what most people think manifesting is, which is think positive, don't think negative. And yes. you somehow need to keep your mind in this monotone tone and that that's happiness. Right. And it's like, you always have to think positive and God forbid that a negative thought comes in. I just sabotaged everything. And it's like, right. this it's like, suck it up, suck it I up. Get, don't think it. Don't think it's ironic, right? Cause if I tell you, don't think of a pink elephant, don't think of a pink elephant. All you're doing is thinking about pink elephant. So the practice of refocusing. So the same trauma that you might've thought about, you know, it was traumatic for me to come to the US when I was 12, we, we are in the process. We moved to Puerto Rico a couple of years ago and did a huge life change where, you know, my husband left his corporate career and we're homeschooling our kids. We did this whole uh, complete overhaul of our life. And it was a big transition. It triggered a lot of transitional trauma that I went through at 12 that now I saw my kids going through. And what I realized is that since 12, I have moved on average every two years. Mm -hmm. I am 40. So I have not had the kind of roots that I had wanted. And what I'm realizing now is that all of this, I guess, trauma, you could call it, of not feeling safe to stay in one place because it would be taken away from me. All of the, the, the you know, landing in the U.S., not speaking English, being an immigrant, being teased, being bullied, uh, going through like a year of hell transitioning uh, from my previous life, which was very steady, very stable in some ways to this. Uh, it, it, it was such a formative experience. Now it's my greatest manifesting fuel. It's really shaped who I am. But for a long time, that memory held a lot of negative charge for me. It was a lot of pain there. When I was able to turn that pain into gain and see the gifts that it gave me, and that is where the deep transformative work really comes in. And it's really what I do with my clients. Now I think about that and I have so much pride and compassion for that little girl. And now I see that that little girl is who is sitting here now. Yeah. Right. She yeah. is the one that led me on this journey. And how could I not be grateful for those experiences, even though I wouldn't wish them upon anybody? Yeah, that's so powerful. So you say something really interesting in your book that I'd love for you to dive deeper into. You say that humans are bad at knowing what makes them happy. I'd love for you to explain that a little more. 
Yeah, so it's called effective forecasting in psychology, and it's a term that was developed when uh, psychologists have studied, researchers have studied what actually makes changes in um, emotional and happiness level in people over time. And so they studied uh, people who, for example, they've done surveys and would ask them, what do you think would make me, would make you happier? And there were uh, overwhelming responses, let's say 80 or 90% of people that thought money would make them happier. Mm -hmm. And they would even do amounts like a 25% increase, a 50% increase. And what they found is that over time, over years that they would follow these people, no matter how much more money those people got, that was above a certain threshold. So there is a, you know, Maslow's hierarchy. We definitely need enough to be able to eat and to have shelter. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember what that threshold was that changes with the cost of living, but let's just say anybody above, I don't know, $60,000, that money was not the biggest factor Mm -hmm. that created more satisfaction, more joy, more peace, more harmony, more love, whatever it was that makes true happiness for someone that it usually had something to do with more free time, Mm -hmm. like a shorter commute made people a lot happier than Mm -hmm. a raise at their job, uh, better relationships, better qualities of relationships, better quality of life, like where they lived, whether they were in a congested city or they were more in nature. And so as they studied people who would lose a lot of money or gain a lot of money. So uh, lose a lot of money would be bankruptcies and things Mm -hmm. or gain a lot of money would be like winning the lottery Over time, they have found consistently that money is not the determining factor people think it is with happiness. So why do we have this like incredible um, addiction or perspective on money that money somehow connected with everything we want? Well, it's a measurable resource that is used to market and sell things to us. So everything is designed, of course, to make us spend money want money. So it is a a motivator that is used to sell things, surprise, to make the the, uh, capitalism economy go around. And yet it is not the solution beyond a certain threshold for actual fulfillment, for actual joy and harmony and satisfaction and meaning in our lives. And so when people start really recognizing that, why do I want the money? Like, what do I think will happen in my life. Why do I want to create or what do I want to create with this extra money? That's when they start getting at the real answers. And more often than not, they have the capacity to take a shortcut and not get the money, but already create a shorter commute, more greenery around them, uh, carving out five minutes Mm. to meditate. You know, when I became a mom of twins, I recorded this four minute meditation that has been my most popular meditation. We should include a link to that too, actually. Yes, I remember and, that um, one. And, and it's because I could only have four minutes, right? And I realized you don't need 40 minutes, yes. which was what I was used to doing before kids. Okay, I'll have a 40 minute meditation journaling. Yeah, I would be lucky if I could have four minutes at the bathroom alone, right? Right, right. And so you don't need a ton of time. Time and money are, I don't want to use the word excuses because I think that's that makes... That makes a judgment on people. Yeah. I think they're misunderstandings. Yes. I think that people have been led to believe that, for example, uh, getting plastic surgery and looking a certain way will make them happier. When over time, again, if you study 
making those external changes. If the internal change did not happen, then the external change is very short lasting. It is very fleeting. It spikes your satisfaction, happiness levels for a day, a week, and then completely goes back to your homeostasis. And your homeostasis is sort of like your threshold for how great you can actually feel. And if you work at building a foundation where you're constantly raising the threshold of how much joy, meaning, value, gratitude, love Mm -hmm. you can experience in your life, that's when you create an actual raise in satisfaction and happiness. Yeah, there's actually, I'm going to quote back your words because this was so good. There's such a big aha for me. You said, you can have endless manifestations, luxuries, and whatever else you desire, as long as you recognize that it's for the joy of it and not to fill a void. And as long as you aren't trying to prove your worthiness or some kind of internal happiness and stuff. I think that is huge because so many people think of manifestation with materialistic things. And, you know, there's something tied in with that. Well, it's a solution to their void. Yes. Right. Everyone's walking around. If you have, and and I mean, everyone, I mean, everyone has an opportunity. I, so far, no matter how many years I've been doing this work, I've not hit a ceiling on how great I can feel. There's always more, right? Like you can, I mean, if Beyonce and Oprah have more desires and more things that they could fulfill, of course we all do. Right. So if you are not recognizing that there are certain voids that you are trying to fill and they could be generational traumas where you haven't felt good enough, yes. you haven't felt seen or heard or validated in some way where you feel like you've got something to prove to someone when you want to fill that void with things, with external accomplishments, it will never ever satisfy the void. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the more that you actually feed the void, the deeper it gets. Mm. And so how do you move out of the void? It is creating a place that is the opposite of the void on a parallel track. So you can't feel lack and abundance at the same time. I could place you in a place of lack instantly by just thinking, Think of the hungry children around the world and think about, you know, how few people have resources and the homelessness challenges. And right away you start thinking about, okay, there's not enough. There's not enough. These people are struggling. This is happening in my own life. I don't have enough. And so here you are connected to the void. But as soon as you refocus on something like I can take in a full breath right now and it doesn't cost anyone anything. I don't believe that me breathing more oxygen in it's taking anything away from anyone. I have the capacity to see or hear. What an abundance of, of senses that I have. I have the ability to speak or I have the ability to, to connect with the ocean. There are things around me that start to create the fulfillment, which is the opposite of the void. And the more full you feel, the less you can feel empty. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, they exist side by side, just like Darkness exists and light exists. You cannot make darkness go away because darkness is the absence of light. Mm -hmm. Darkness is only relative to light. It does not exist by itself. So the more you focus on fullness, Mm -hmm. on gratitude, on satisfaction, on peace, on mindfulness, on harmony, you know, and the quote that I use in my book is to get what you want. Mm -hmm. You've got to want what you've got. Yes. Yes. So to get to the million dollars, want the dollar you have. Yes. To get to the you know dream relationship that you want, appreciate your husband taking out the trash today. Yes. 
right? And the more you focus on the fullness of what is here, the more you amplify and build that vibration, which is very different than building up the void. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's a game changer. When, when I was able to embody and understand that, that's when things shifted in my life. And so it sounds like to someone listening, it may sound simple, but it is transformative. It's like, that's where the work is. It is practical. practical. I give, I don't know. I should actually count how many exercises I have in here, but much like your book, it is a practical manual. I talk about my story in one chapter and I give some, you know, stories throughout, but for the majority of the book, I'm focused on experiment with this. Don't take my word from for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. Try this out for yourself and see the results and keep adjusting it so it works better and better for you. I don't believe in a one size fits all solution for everybody. I believe that everybody has certain tendencies. Are you more of a verbal processor or a visual Mm -hmm. learner? There's so many ways for you to, for example, drop into presence. Breath meditation is not the only way. And as a matter of fact, it's contraindicated for a lot of women who have body trauma and who disassociate. Mm -hmm. So for them being quietly with their thoughts is is actually re-traumatizing, right? So don't do that. Listen to music, do a guided meditation. That's why people love the four minute ease meditation. We're going to share the gratitude exercise that I have. Mm -hmm. It's a guided exercise. So there's not a whole lot of you being left alone with your own thoughts, right? And it's experiencing a buffet of ways that you could actually feel the impact today. You will feel the value. You will feel the result instantly. Your feeling will change. You will feel better. Mm-hmm. And that one degree, two degree, 10 degree shift now positions you in a totally different direction. You are receiving different thoughts. You are seeing different opportunities. When somebody says something, you interpret it in a different way. You know, a one degree shift. I love thinking about this. Like somebody flying from New York to London, they veer off one degree at the at the beginning, they end up in Africa. Yeah. It is a huge, huge direction difference over time. Yes. So this this is a compound effect. The reason that I can talk about it and, and share the incredible manifestations, the dream home, the partner, the effortless pregnancies, the unassisted birth. So we had a miraculous birth with our twins. I think you know, right? Yes. They were born 33 hours yes, apart. Yes, they're, they're different all, days. <laughs> right? All of these things are me making those one degree shifts over time has just compounded. And now this is a self-evident truth for me, but you don't have to take it, my truth to be your truth. The most empowering thing that I can share is don't just listen to what I say, do what I suggest and Mm -hmm. see for yourself. Yes. I, everything is very practical. And that's what I loved about this book. It's not just a bunch of theory that we've heard and it's great. You absorb it. That's really important, but it's like, you have to put it into practice in order for anything, right? You can't just think about going to the gym and you're going to lose the the five pounds that you want. You have to actively do it. It's the same thing with this. It's a, it's a mindset. And you talk a lot about mindset. And you talk about the miracle mindset. I'd love for you just to explain what that is, because that's such a powerful component of being able to manifest. Yeah. Yeah. So I define the word miracle as something that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And I love to collect stories and analogies. And on my Manifest That Miracle podcast, I bring on guests and you're going to be a guest sharing your miracles. Mm -hmm. What seemed totally impossible to you at one point in your life? It may be impossible uh, to everyone around you, right? 
technology didn't exist back then that exists now. Uh, you know, things uh, that you can now do, you were able to do. And so if you think about some of the incredible things that we take for granted now, I mean, our telephones or the ability to listen to this podcast, none of this existed. A mm-hmm. hundred years ago was a total miracle for you to be sitting where you are in New Jersey and for me to be sitting in Puerto Rico and having a conversation and seeing each other and hearing each other, yes. right? It was it was a miracle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have had to be crazy to have even considered yes. such a thing, right? Yes. Going to the moon was a total pipe dream. I mean, complete impossibility until somebody actually did it. Then it became a fact. Yes. And the entire process of somebody going to the moon or doing something impossible or for you to be where you are and to do something that feels impossible is really a formula. I mean, everyone will implement it differently, but it's that you have to first dare to believe whether it's possible or not, that you're going to take the step. So somebody had to say, well, I don't know if I can make it to the moon, but wouldn't it be awesome? Mm-hmm. If there was some device mm-hmm. that could get a human to land to that rock over there that I can <laughs> see from the earth, then they had to actually take steps to develop the technology, to test it, to experiment, mm-hmm. and to build it up to the point where it became a fact. And I have an exercise in the book called the Miracle Maker Exercise, where I encourage everyone to think about something that felt totally impossible to them at one point. Yeah. Right? So think about maybe going to college or moving out of the the city where you grew up. I mean, for us, it was a total impossibility to move to Puerto Rico and for our, to homeschool our kids. I mean, like 10 years ago, when we, when we first had our kids, this was complete pipe stream. This was not the time when people were doing this all over the social media and everything. Instagram didn't even exist 10 years ago or 12 years ago. So it, it can take you to a space of, you're right. I did not think that I would ever meet the partner of my dreams or I would ever have kids mm-hmm. or I would ever, um, you know, buy this house or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And when you reflect on, wow, I have already done things that did not seem possible to me. Mm-hmm. How did I do them? I encourage you to study yourself and to see what steps you took. And I will break it down for you in the book, right? With what are the steps that you had to take in a general sense in order to arrive yes. at the manifestation um, and how you can now apply deliberately to areas of your life that are not yet at the miracle level for you. Yeah, that I really appreciated that part in the book. And it really is. It's uh, taking that inspired action, taking that inspired, that inspiration that flows through us and getting more connected to this. It's all inner alignment that when it takes us from one place to the other, to the next step and such a beautiful yeah, this process. Is all so easily backed by science, right? Like yeah. one of the things that I find fascinating because I studied somatic and transpersonal psychology mm-hmm. is that, um, and you have this in, in trauma therapy, which I, I just think is, is more and more leading edge now. And by trauma, they mean an experience that you had usually early on, but it could happen at any time that created a maladaptive pattern mm-hmm. in your mind. So it created an experience that is now causing you pain or um, discomfort in some way. It, it doesn't allow you to do what you want to do or, or it triggers something that feels much bigger than you and renders you powerless, right? And so when you can um, look into the science of trauma research, you realize that we can repattern 
these experiences so that that same memory, that same stimulus no longer elicits this response. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can actually take a traumatic experience. You know, one of the traumas that I mentioned that I had was moving to the US, being ripped from everything I knew and ended up here. And for years, it would bring up so much pain to think about it, so yeah. much aloneness and just uh, depression. Mm-hmm. And now when I think about it, there's so much gratitude and appreciation. Yeah. And so if you can uh, shift the way that you approach an experience and receive different thoughts, mm-hmm. different emotions, and different conclusions from it. Imagine what you can do for memories that feel overwhelming in a good sense, like your dreams, yes. right? For some people, they're like, oh, to win an Oscar would be a total dream. When they think about it, it feels scary, or public speaking is a big fear for people, or crossing a million dollars in their business. They have you know, that response that makes them feel so small and this experience feels so big. And doing the practical exercise that we're talking about, when we say it elevates your vibration, what it actually means is it's giving you access to new thoughts and emotions Mm -hmm. that lead you to a totally different action. If you no longer fear public speaking, for example, because it's such a common fear for people, imagine how you would show up in your life and your business and everything you do, right? You will completely change how you experience invitations to different things and how you would actually show up on stage and what would happen after. So again, it's these like maybe seemingly one degree shifts. Oh, I feel different now. Okay. Whoop-de-doo. What in my life changed? How you feel will determine how you think, how you act, what steps you take. And that determines your destiny, as Buddha has said. Yes, that is so true. I, you know, I like your one degree of like that, the visualization, because it does, it's not like we have to do like a complete, like a 180 and you're like, it's just a small little shift. And um, I want to share like, because you mentioned this, it's just like a seemingly, it just kind of clicked to me. But you know, like I started doing these reels and stuff, but with people who know me, like I'm, you know, I'm inspiring, I'm calm, like, I, I'm very much like a visionary, a teacher, like that's what someone who knows me or who when I feel like with myself, and when these real things came out, and I was like, I really want to embody that side of me. Like being funny is not, that's kind of like out of like my comfort zone. I'm like, no, I'm going to really push myself because I just, I mean, I know it's in there and it's something that I desire. So this like new realm, I know it's so small, but it is a one degree shift for me and it's opening up this whole new energy in me and I feel more playful and I feel just more lighter and it's just the impact of this and it's obviously difficult we don't have sliding door scenario i can't get somebody to see a different way that their life turned out if they didn't take this step right so that's the tricky part but if you could sort of compare and you could do this even with your births for example right you've already had two births and now you're gonna have third one so thinking about you being more playful you embodying more maybe feminine energy and all of the things watch how it impacts your pregnancy. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but it's the best that you can have. And then watch how it impacts your birth. Watch how it impacts challenges that you may face with breastfeeding or sleeping. Mm -hmm. You might be making funny reels about sleeplessness, which completely changes your perspective on the whole experience. Yes. Yes. And I can already tell you that this pregnancy, I'm like, the I don't have any aches and pains I feel light I feel like it's flying by I feel happy it's just like 
people are like, how far along are you? I'm like, I'm almost in my third trimester. Like you're like dancing and moving. I'm like, I just feel so different than any of my, like you said, any of my other pregnancies around this time would be heavier. And you know, these one degree shifts will make a tangible impact. I mean, it'll improve everything because it's a tide. It's a, it's a, it's a tide that rises all boats, right? You, when you feel better, that one degree shifts, more money will flow more easily to you. People will be more attracted to you. More clients will come. You will have more levity and openness in your relationship with your partner. So he'll be able to more support you. Your kids will thrive better. You'll be more attentive and maybe more aware of things that are getting out of alignment. You'll be able to support them. All of these things add up to your quality of life and tangible quote unquote manifestations. Yes. Right. It actually leads to improvement in all areas of your life. But that's what I mean by raising your homeostasis, raising your foundational capacity to feel more joy, more peace, more harmony, more satisfaction, more meaning. And when you invest into that foundational level, it allows you to build anything you want on top of it. And none of it feels overwhelming or like sacrifice because this is what I experienced. This is what I've seen my generational uh, patterns in, in my family where they can create success, but it always came with such sacrifice Mm -hmm. that it was almost like it was not worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I feel like what I'm creating is success without sacrifice. It's success with satisfaction. Yes. And that is revolutionary, at least for my for my lifetime and for my kids. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you because everything that you're saying, like I didn't put it together until you start saying it. Yes, I've been getting just free flowing, just more clients are coming in. And, you know, we were talking before we recorded, I was like, yeah, when I, when I give birth, you know, I'm not going to be taking any one-on-ones, but right now it's just like a flow and I'm not marketing or I'm not doing anything. It's just like people just, but hold on, hold on, because this is really common too. And I talk about this at the book. My last um, two chapters are about people don't evaluate and celebrate. So when people say, Oh, it's just happening. Do you Mm. see how we have this language of minimizing the energetic and vibrational work you did that is actually Mm. more powerful because right. it, it's, it's almost like you, uh, you know, Abraham Hicks, uh, their, their manifestation teachers, law of attraction teachers talk a lot about how we're so action oriented. So we want to get the toaster and plug it in. But if it's not actually flowing electricity, mm-hmm. if you have the toast and the toaster, you keep stuffing it in there and taking all this action, you have to be plugged in and don't underestimate the value of that current mm-hmm. that is moving through you. Now, is that current within, within itself enough? No, you need to have the toaster and the toast, right? <laughs> you gotta have all of it in order to make the toast that you want to eat. But at the same time, it's um, instead of minimizing, really evaluating and seeing the impact and celebrating. I was guided and led and had enough wherewithal to take smart action. I aligned, I attuned, I followed my intuition. I moved in the direction where I felt I really needed to in the direction of more play and more levity. And I created new experiences in my life that created new clients, new things. You did it. Not some magical, I don't know, it happened. Oh, it just flowed in out of the blue. It's not out of the blue. It's out of the you. 
Oh, I love that perspective shift. That's the two chapters that I didn't read yet. So that's too much. <laughs> you. So you're giving me a lesson. That is so good. That is so good. What and like you said too, language, right? Like that's because that's informing like our pattern and you know our belief system. So I'm so glad that you caught that from me. But that's common in women. It's so common in moms. And man, I I, I work through this right because we are underappreciated. Motherhood is not glorified yeah. in the way, just the shiny parts of it. But what about all of the, you know, I had a friend who doesn't have kids yet and she was just like, you just got lucky. Your kids are so easy. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the compliment. If you would have seen the thousands upon thousands of hours when I dropped everything that I was doing, to tend to my kids' emotional needs and to do the inner work, the hundreds of thousands of dollars, the, the time that I've done myself work, my husband and I did work together, yeah. therapy, coaching, whatever, everything. What you are seeing is the result of what we've created. I am so glad it looks so effortless because this is how masterful I am, but it is not luck. Yes. It's, it's preparation, meet, meeting divine timing to create yeah. that opportunity. That's what you're seeing. The, exactly. Oh, that's so beautiful. Exactly. Lana, I could talk to you for hours and hours. Honestly, this was such a soul fulfilling conversation. I want everyone listening to after this podcast, Go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can get the book anywhere, right, Lana? You can get the book anywhere, and you have the audiobook and oh. the Kindle. The audiobook I've narrated, so you'll hear my voice. Don't get it if you don't like my voice. If you like, you grab it. Um, it was very emotional. It was a very emotional process to record the book. I really felt like I poured my whole self into it. Mm. So if you like audiobooks, uh, check it out. You can go to manifestthatmiracle.com. You can uh, actually download the first three chapters of the book for free, and then there's links to buy it everywhere. And I know we talked about the gratitude exercise yes. where you really experience this uh, one degree shift instantly and then see the results throughout the day. And we'll put a link. It's just lanaschlafer.com forward slash gratitude. Mm -hmm. We also talked about the ease meditation. Man, you guys are getting a lot of resources. I know. We'll um, put this in the also, we, just, in we just put it back uh, for free because I had so many people asking for it when we took it down for years. It was what was on my website that you get as a freebie. It's lanaschlafer.com forward slash ease. Mm -hmm. And it's my most popular and most raved about meditation. And then, you know, one of the things that I, we were just talking about before the podcast is that I moved away, especially because my youngest is four. Mm -hmm. While he was really young, I moved away from doing one-on-one -on -one client work. I did all these group programs. But over the last few months, I've opened up uh, 15, 30-minute uh, uh, coaching slots every month, at least for the foreseeable couple of months. And so their first come for serve we price them to sell so this is like a no-brainer yeah. and in the 30 minutes we specifically focus on the block or the root of a problem in one area that you can't seem to shift because this is something that I feel like if you can have that clarity and have a clear plan of action you are now set you've made the one degree shift yes. now you just stay the course right so you can um, get sign up and see if there's any availability at lanaschlafer.com forward slash clarity. And I'm sure you'll have all the links uh, for that. And I, I'm just hoping that this conversation gets people to see that life can be incredible. It can be extraordinary. It really can be miraculous. I mean, I don't use that word lightly. For me, it was such 
like an incredible realization that I don't just have to respond to reality as it is, that I can mold it and create it. And I'm so much more capable and powerful than I had realized. And that there are simple, practical ways that I can tap into that power and create incredible experiences that will have generational impact, generation previous and generation in front of me. And so I hope that this conversation inspires you in some way to recognize that everything you've lived in your life can be of service to you and of service to the world and that the sky is the limit for you and that you go and create the miracles for yourself. Yes. See, you can tell why I love Lana so much. <laughs> I've been following her because I'm like, oh, amen. This, thank you so much for sharing your light, your wisdom. Just my baby girl has been kicking like crazy. You know, she's <laughs> sleeping during the day, but she's like, Lana's here. Let's take it in. So we got a Let's two for one special. But look, there is a co-creation that's happening between you and her. Clearly, right? She is leading the way as much as you are, are carrying her. She's carrying you. And I want to thank you for the work that you do. And especially... You know, parenting is such a huge part of my life, but it, I work with the parents typically, not with the kids. I don't focus on child development as much, but I, you know, I'm reading your book to my kids. I have 10 year old twins and a four year old. And I just, I'm so glad that you put these concepts in such an easily accessible way so that kids can really understand themselves, understand their emotions and recognize that they, they are meant to move through them and uh, learn how to manage or, or utilize uh, their emotions for their own good. I think if we can start that early, it'll create such an easier life for them, obviously. So thank you for the work that you do on this podcast. And I, I just, I'm so in awe of you. And I, I, I love I love the work you're doing. I'm here to support everything that you do. Oh, thank you, Lana. That means really so much to me. And you know, I feel the same way about you. I'm just very much um, a big supporter of everything. And I'm just so proud of your success and how many people li people's lives you're going to continue to keep touching with this book. So I cannot stress it enough, everyone. Buy Manifest That Miracle. And I'm going to have all the links for all the freebies. The Ease Meditation is one that I did years ago. I love it. You guys will love that. Um, and get your hands. Like, if you can get into a clarity call, I mean, wouldn't you want one with Lana? Like, do it while it lasts. So make sure you you try to sign up for that um, if that's something that resonates with you. But thank you again so much, Lana. And for everyone who's listening, we'll tune in to you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, frustrated, Frustrated, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation 
to your kids. This is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.